Witchy and Weird Podcast. Hi, Witchy and Weird. I feel like I haven't spoken to y'all in this format for a while because I took um, one of the solo episode weeks off and then I posted a previously recorded patron episode um, in between the guest episodes. So I am excited to be back to have you all to myself. Um, not that I don't show up in the guest interviews, but I, I feel like I'm more um, just asking questions to let the other people have their space in the spotlight. Um, and boy, today, today, this week <laughs> was pretty intense for me. Uh, I don't know how it was for you. Um, lots of good things going on in my business, having, um, po- you know, meetings coming up even tomorrow with new people to um, sell my products at. A lot of other stuff going on. So I just wanted to have kind of a fun episode where you all can just enjoy and listen not really something that's super heavy um, in terms of healing related or in terms of education where you are going to maybe be taking notes or something. I know some of you, I, I would be taking notes with my freaking Mars in Virgo. Um, so today's episode is what I'm titling Amanda's Favorite Psychic Stories. Uh, so I'm just basically going to be sharing with y'all the crazy energetic psychic things that have happened to me um, that I think are noteworthy. <laughs> uh, I've been wanting to do this type of episode for a while to just like share stuff from my life and to share. I find it's really intriguing and fascinating to listen to people's different psychic and energetic stories because everybody's intuition works differently. Your intuition is your own language. So I I always want to know how do other people's intuition work, right? What does it look like for them? How are they experiencing things? Um, so I've kind of written down uh, sort of chronologically. So you'll see that as, the, as my life progresses in these stories, the different experiences I had. Um, and if you've had similar ones, I'm really excited to hear from them, hear from you about them, <laughs> either on social media um, or you can, rep- if you listen on Anchor, you can actually reply um, to the episode. So let's get into it. Um, I may- Oh, and as a disclaimer, I may have covered some of these stories in previous episodes, maybe not as much in detail. But uh, I still feel like they're relevant to share. There's new people on here. Um, Not everybody listens to every episode. So um, if you feel like, wait a minute, I've heard this before. Maybe you're just having psychic deja vu. Or (laughs) maybe maybe, um, it's actually you've heard it before on the podcast. So so you're not going crazy. Um, That'd be cool if it was like, psychic deja vu I've really dreamt about this entire podcast episode wow amazing um okay so I have three big four actually big stories from my childhood that I'm gonna share um big meaning they have stood out in my mind um I'll start with the one that's like not as crazy or not as much in depth 
but um, probably a lot of other people will have similarity too. So as a kid, I had extremely vivid dreams. Um, I would sometimes have like night the nightmare dreams are falling and then you wake up because you feel the sensation. Um, but I would also, if you've ever seen the show, it's called Super Jail on Adult Swim. I had dreams that were very just random things popping out and stuff that didn't make sense. Like I was literally traveling in a different dimension. Um, but a big part of my dreams in my childhood was premonitions. So, and I've talked to people about this throughout my life and a lot of people have had similar stuff to this, especially psychic people or people who have become like figured out that they're psychic later in life. I had tons of dreams as a kid that weren't necessarily life altering premonitions, but were more so I would in vivid detail see where I'm sitting, where other people are sitting, what we're saying, exactly where we were, exactly what was like, it would be people sitting around a table, exactly what was being eaten, where they were sitting, what they were going to say. Um, and it was very hyper zoomed in. It wasn't like, oh, we were at this restaurant. It was like, we're eating somewhere. We're eating this food and we're saying these this one sentence and then that's it. That's all I remembered from the dream. And for the most part, I wouldn't see people's faces because I hadn't met them yet. Um, and I know there's this theory about dreams that all the people and things that we see is stuff we've already experienced in one way or another. So that's how we have access to that. So I thought that was very interesting that a lot of the stuff that I dreamt about, I couldn't see people's faces because I didn't have access to them yet. Um, but I had a bunch of those as a kid and I had no idea what they were. I always thought that they were weird, but I remembered them. And even up until I would say this year, I have gone through life and just been experiencing whatever. And then being like, wait a minute, something's going to happen right now. I'm having deja vu. And for me and for the people I've talked to about this, um, and I'd love to hear your opinion. (laughs) Uh, we just kind of came to this consensus separately. And then when we connected different people, um, we felt like it was just a, because there was no specific thing that happened that was being predicted. It was just a very commonplace, like minute or two that we were experiencing ahead of time. Um, We felt that it was just a feedback for us to let us know that we're on the right path, um, that we're where we are, where we are meant to be. <laughs> wow, that was a mouthful. Um, because we've already known that or experienced that. Um, and a lot of my stuff happened when I was a kid, and now I don't have as many as an adult of the deja vu moments meeting up with my dreams. So it was very, I hadn't had one for a while. And I think I had one this year, which was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's that happened to me a lot when I was a kid. I did, however, have one actual like premonition dream that I guess, not that the other ones weren't important, but that was like, oh, you predicted something cool. Um, and I think I talked about this uh, before, but um, I predicted... Um, Or rather, I don't know if I predicted it, but I feel like I tapped into the same as something was happening. Like the this happens a lot for people, like when a family member dies, 
and they're sleeping and they don't know about it. They dream about that family member coming to visit them and then they wake up and they find out the family member passed away. So it's like at the same time that it's happening. So I had that um, in a very like metaphorical dream. I was probably in elementary school, middle school, probably elementary school, I feel like, um, maybe beginning of middle school. I was visiting my dad for the summer and he lived in Las Vegas and I grew up in California. So I was in a different state and I had a extremely crazy dream um, about, it was, it was, you know, dreams don't, <laughs> they're not based in reality. Um, and I have theories about this place where we were, but it, it was um, the backyard to my house where I grew up, but the backyard was open up to this whole like cul-de-sac where all the kids in the neighborhood were playing. And um, all of a sudden there was this giant like earth shattering earth earthquake that split the floor um, in two and all the kids and everybody started running around and out of fear. And my mom opened up the back, went the back door um, to our house and told me to go get my brother and my other sibling. And my little brother was born at that time, but I did not have another sibling in real life. Um, that was a child and I found my brother and I brought him back and then I was frantically searching around for this other child that was my sibling and I couldn't find them and I felt really bad and I went back and I told my mom I couldn't I couldn't find the other sibling and it was crazy because in the dream I didn't even know what they looked like I was like who's this other sibling because I knew who my brother was um, but I didn't know who this other sibling was and um, I when I woke up I felt very, very compelled to tell my mom about it because I know I didn't really regularly share these types of things with her. And so she, when I told her, was very silent for a couple of seconds. And then she was like, when did this happen? Ex- explicitly when? Like, was it last night? Was it the night before? And I and I was like, I think it was last night or something. And she told me that she was pregnant again and she miscarried. Um, and I think it's interesting. I've since then have thought that that place with all these children, like maybe that is a place where children who um who aren't on this plane um exist what that it was just full of all these children playing so i thought that was very interesting um or maybe it represents that in some type of way since since you know not as a kid i thought about that but since then i've thought about what what is the significance of that space and the sep- like the separation in the earth like those people cannot come to earth right um so i thought that was very interesting and um yeah, it was pretty wild. Like I, I, I feel like there's something to be spoken for when you have such a deep connection with certain people, um, which which is why it usually happens for people who dream about that with their family members um, or like their best best friends. Um, another thing that happened to me, which I am still sort of baffled by, which but I think is really freaking cool. When I was a kid, was my mom and I were walking on the street, and I just kind of had. I I, I hope you can relate to this, but I've never really experienced anything since then. Uh, What I describe it as is a recognizing of of a a soul connection to a complete stranger. Um, There was an adult. I was a child. My mom had to hold my hand when I was walking on the sidewalk. (laughs) And I just saw this person and there was this deep, like it was just us existing in the world. And I looked at them and they looked at me directly in the eyes at the same time, which isn't very common for adults to just look at a child directly in the eyes, like get their attention caught by a small child when they're walking the street. And we just stopped right in front of each other. And I felt like I knew this person. Um, 
and the a person stopped and was looking at me and it was like very awkward because my mom was like what's going on <laughs> um, none of us were talking and um my mom was like do you know this person and I was like no do you know this person but I knew this person it felt like we were speaking um having unspoken conversation with our energy or our souls or something that we recognize maybe from a past life or something we we were meant to cross paths or something um and even now as I'm saying this I'm receiving intuitive information that maybe it was like the ending of a cycle with somebody and that was that that feels really like resonant for me right now that maybe we did have a lot of stuff and that was the last time that we needed to meet because we ended some cycle or something together but um yeah, I've never had an experience. Like, I met tons of people who are my friends, and I've never had that experience of, oh, I just know. I, I know some people have that, right? They meet someone, they're like, oh, I know you were in my past life as somebody else. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I was way, way more open as a kid. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to be more open, but I do have really strong boundaries around that. So I feel like I don't have that many experiences happening now um because of that um and then the other the last story from my childhood is about a time I met like a guardian angel in real life which was really cool um I was one of those kids that like to hide under the clothing racks in the department stores and the inside of them it's very comforting it feels very safe on the inside of those I know tons of kids who love that and or tons of adults who as kids love that <laughs> and um my mom would always be like, stop hiding in between those. You're going to get lost because I'm just there because my mom was like a single parent or whatever and uh, for some time and um, she's shopping for clothes and I'm bored as fuck. Like I'm a child. So I'm making a game out of it. I'm making it fun and she would, you know, she'd be moving on and she wouldn't tell me, okay, let's go. We're moving on. She'd just be like, you need to pay attention because I'm going to leave and you're, you're going to get lost. And um, I was like, okay, okay, yeah, because I would always catch it at the right time and be like, well, and then go go find her. Um, but I was messing around and when I looked up, she wasn't there. And I freaked out because I was like pretty, pretty good at catching that. And it was funny that one time when my mom told me it was going to happen, it happened, you know, that whole like, you should listen to Yamada. Um, and so I was freaking out and I started walking around trying to look for her and I couldn't find her so I thought maybe she left the department store so I started walking in the mall um and I've also never had the way I remember it I've never had experiences like this where I feel like I was tapping into my intuition in an intentional way but an unconscious way during this time where I literally told myself you know, you need to you need to look for somebody that you can trust so that you can ask them to help you find your mom. That's kind of what I was doing was like, I, clearly my mom isn't here. So I need to find help to find my mom. Um, because, you know, I watched enough TV where I knew like, if you go to the security, they can page your mom over the thing. So and I don't even know how I knew that because I was very young, <laughs> probably like four. Um but I just was looking at everybody and I kind of saw their like auras or it was it wasn't fully in reality. It was like I could see some energies and I was looking at people and a lot of people were just passing me by and they weren't even noticing me. And and I I would kind of 
give them like a scan and can I trust this person? No, I can't trust that person. Can I trust this person? No, I can't trust this person. And then this lady who she had like brown hair and she was wearing white, I think. Um, she saw me and was like, are you lost? Which, you know, if you see a kid wandering around, you're probably like, are you lost? Right. <laughs> um, and I was like, yes, but it just felt like she already knew all the answers to all the questions that she was asking and was going to ask about me. And she, like, her energy was very, like, white, angelic energy. Like, I, oh, I knew I could trust this lady um, type of thing. Like, that's what the auric energy kind of looked like to me. And um, she said, she, like, picked me up, too, I think. And she was holding me. And she was like, okay, what does your mom look like? And I'm like a child trying to describe what an adult looks like. It's like, um, I think she wears glasses, you know, like stuff like that. And, um, I think she said her name was like Angie or something like that. And we were walking and then my mom, she, she just pointed cause I was looking at her trying to tell her the things about my mom. And she pointed and she's like, is that your mom? I was like, yes. How did you know? That's my mom. Probably, you know, like my mom's the one walking around frantic. <laughs> so it's a little bit obvious. <laughs> but um, yeah, she she put me down and I ran to my mom was like crouching down. I ran to her and I hugged her and she was like, you scared me. Don't do that ever again. Type of, you know, that spiel. Um, and then uh, she was like, you know, thank you for finding my for returning my daughter, finding my daughter or whatever. Um, and when we looked up from hugging each other the lady was gone and it's in a mall it's a straight shot and it's like where where did this lady go she just didn't she didn't wait around for anything she was just gone and I always thought that 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 stuck out in my mind a lot as a kid I never really talked about it and as I got older I talked to my mom about it and she's like oh fully convinced fully convinced that that was a guardian angel 100% and I was like really you too because I always thought it was like magical and she was like, oh, yeah, 100%. You were protected. You were being protected. And I'm just like, whoa, okay. Like, when I heard my mom also say that, um, my mom believes in intuition, but she doesn't talk about it a lot. So that was kind of validating for me and nice to know that we are on the same wavelength about that. Um, so those are, like, my main, at least from what I can remember, um, stories about psychic things for my, for my childhood. Now, as a professional psychic and energy reader, I have tons of other <laughs> stories I can share. Um, but I feel like uh, it doesn't have as much of an element of magical realism because I understand more about these things. And so when I experience them, I feel more in control, which is very interesting. Um, but kind of going in chronological order, this happened as I was learning how to become a psychic or learning how to tap into my psychic abilities. I was fresh out of knowing that I could become a psychic. I don't, I can't remember directly if I was in the middle of, I think I was in the middle of my mentorship with my, um, the person that I learned from or just finished it and was starting to like try and practice on my own to tap in, to speak to my spirit guides and things like that. Because I had a lot of fear around trusting myself when it came to that stuff. And uh, this one's kind of funny, actually. Um, I was in my apartment and my partner was there, Frankie. And 
I'm sitting down for meditation. He's doing something else. He was like reading or something like that on the couch. I was sitting down on my yoga mat and I'm like getting ready to open up and do some automatic writing or something and try and connect with my spirit guides. And I ask, you know, is anybody here? And uh, I saw, um, I guess for me, when I see things, it's like I don't actually see their physical form all the time, but I felt their presence of their energy was sitting on the couch next to my boyfriend, Frankie. And um, I was like freaked out because that was one of the first times that I had done that um, intentionally. And so I opened my eyes and I, cause I, I, that's how I'm like, I see like where the energy is in the room. Right. Um, and, uh, I asked Frankie cause Frankie is also intuitive and him and his family have a history of being intuitive and they, um, he has told me like be prior to that point in time that he communicates with his grandparents who have passed on all the time and stuff like that. So I was like, he would know if there's somebody in the room because he's able to sense when his grandparents are in the room, right? In spirit. And um, so I, I freaked out. I opened my eyes and I was like, Frankie, um, can you like verify for me? Do you sense if there are other beings in this room? Because I sense that there's like three other beings in this room. And he he looks around. He's like, no, no, there's none. So then I'm like, okay. So I close my eyes and I'm like, who are you? Um, like, what are you here for? You know, trying to figure out what's going on. And they're like, we're Frankie's grandparents. And I'm just like, are you serious? <laughs> so I open my eyes. I'm like, Frankie, they said that they were your grandparents. And he's like, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, my grandparents are here. They're right here on the couch next to me. And I was like, that's what I asked. I asked if there was beings. And he's like, well, I thought you meant like other beings. They're like always here. And I'm just like, come <laughs> It was just so funny. I'm like, that's the exact question I asked you. And now I'm freaking out. But here we are, right? No. So it was it was just really funny because I was like, because they were like, we're Frankie's grandparents. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and I just, uh, that was that was like one of the first times I'm like tapping into other stuff. So I was like, wow, of course this would happen to me. Um, so then moving forward from that, um, earlier in my psychic medium days, I was hired to remove a shadow person from somebody's house, which was pretty sick. Um, they came on my Instagram live when I was doing like free readings and stuff, like free mini readings. And they were asking questions about this presence that was in their house that they had tried to, um, you know, banish or get rid of. And it kept coming back no matter what they did. And I tapped into it and I saw that it was a shadow person. And I was like, oh, this energy is like pretty intense. Like I thought it was just like, oh, it's going to be your grandma that's saying hi. And I was like, oh, I see what you're talking about. And they were like, yeah, it's intense. And I was like, yeah, this is a lot. You should try like if you don't want them to be there, maybe getting it removed or something. Um, and so I was like, just DM me after like to get more information. And so they ended up booking the psychic reading with me. And um, it was pretty cool because coming from the true crime occult like Halloween horrors you know that's what I was into a lot before learning that I was psychic um I mean I still am but that's my experience with that world right um until that time uh, I knew about shadow people from like indigenous lore um and culture and uh 
at least from what I've heard from people's like spooky spaghetti horror stories and things like that. And so I I knew that most people are like, don't interact with a shadow person. And then as I started to get into my psychic stuff, there was this opposing belief that I heard around shadow people that was um, that it's either somebody in a different dimension or parallel dimension or from a that vibrates on a different like area or wavelength or energy than can be in the 3D world we know um, is kind of like the veil is a little thin there and you kind of see them peek through. So sometimes I've heard it described as like you from another like dimension or universe, like looking at yourself, um, other beings like aliens and stuff um, observing us. And then we become aware of them because they go to a little too deeply in um, past their boundary. Um, I've also heard it as like the shadow person is like you from your past or from some other time um so it can be a number of things so and i i'm really good at protection and things like that and energy manipulation so i didn't feel unsafe doing this so i tapped in and i saw this shadow person in their home and the fact that they would just they kept coming back to their home no matter what this person had done um like crystals and things like that and uh it was actually pretty cool because I started speaking to the shadow person to find out what they were there for and what their purpose was. Like, why weren't they leaving this family alone? And they, the more I talked to them, the more they kind of melted away the shadowy aspect, the scary, like dark shadow figure looking. And I became a, a woman who passed on and she was saying that she, um, she felt she didn't want to cross over because she felt intense like guilt around how she treated how she was like as a mother in this life towards her children and she wanted she didn't know any other way but she wanted to communicate a message with her children and this person that did the reading uh, for was like psychic or energetically open and so they were attracted to this person to try and get them to share this message, but they weren't really sure how um, to do that. And they weren't really getting anywhere. So they they kind of like manifested into this scary form to get people to notice them. But also because it felt like they were just like consumed by their intense feelings and not knowing how to deal with them. And so as I spoke to this like ghost of this woman who passed on, I told her like, you can do, you can communicate more with your children if you pass over because then you can learn how to um, send them signs and messages and things like that. Um, And that is going to be a lot more fruitful for you than trying to get humans to relay messages to your children. So at least in that way, right? You can do it in a psychic reading for sure. But um, it was pretty cool because I was able to help her cross over. And it was like I had to like hold her hand um, as she walked on this like metaphorical like pathway to cross over like a threshold or a doorway. So she had to choose to let go um, of this plane, I guess. And um, then after that, the, the people didn't have like any issues in their home. So... It was pretty cool. Um, that was like the first time I did something like that. And I was like, yo, this is 
this is pretty sick. I know not all shadow people are like the same. Like it's not all people who cross over who are confused or stuck or something, but at least that person was. Um, so I'm going to take a break and when I come back, we'll keep talking about more, more spooky spaghetti. That's like a thing. I don't know if you're into like Reddit or whatever, but it's like creepy pasta is, um, like a genre of like fake horror stories that people write, like fan fiction stuff. And, um, this one podcast I listened to, they call, they covered those types of stories. They would like search the internet and find good ones. And then they would call them spooky spaghetti. So that's why I'm saying that. Um, and the podcast is called um, Last Podcast on the Left. It's like a play on a, a horror movie, Last House on the Left. So, yes, when I come back, we'll continue. Hopefully you're having a good time listening, chatting, maybe having tea by the fireside. That would be sick. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm back. Um <laughs> Okay, so I'm trying to look at my notes to make sure I'm going along with everything as it needs to be. Um, okay, yeah, cool. So probably some, uh, probably a lot of you listen to um, Nike's podcast, Pretty Intuitive. Um, we worked together long ago, um, and Nike helped me with some ancestral healing. Um, huge shout out to Nike. She is, like, amazing at what she does. And it was really sick because with the ancestral healing, this, a giant came through. And, like, Nike is really empowering and, like, sharing other beings' energies and being like, no, this is real. And I was like, wait a minute. So one of my ancestors has giant energy or is a giant. That's really fucking sick. And it was kind of hard to communicate with this being. So I... I um I can't remember if it was her that suggested it or if the giant suggested it to go to inner earth where they live. So if you're not aware, like the theory, I guess, depending upon what theory you believe in, is that um well the one that I believe in is um there were all these other beings that walked on the earth and then as humans started to take over um they were like yo the vibration or the energy is different here. And they went to inner earth. That's what I've learned. Um, which is like a space inside of earth that only they're allowed to go into, um, that they live in. And that's how they're able to like, pop- some people believe that they have like portals where they pop in and out. And that's how you get like sightings of Bigfoot and things like that. But we don't know where they live or ever see them. Um, and then some people believe that they only come telepathically now because it's not really safe for them to fully come onto the earth without being like like the phenomena of Bigfoot where like people are like stalking and taking photos and all that kind of stuff so I'm just mostly sharing like my experience of what it was to go to inner earth which was pretty cool it's definitely very energetically draining to do it um I spoke to the giant and asked if I could do it and then they showed me how to get there Um, and it was like stepping through this portal, but if you've ever done energetic work, like channeling or things like that, you have to sustain a lot of energy to, to let a being like exist within you for a period of time and, um, have access to your energy. So I went into inner earth and it was really cool because it was just like the whole time I had like this pressure in my ears that I've mentioned in my episode with working with aliens that when I sustain a lot of energy or work with energetic beings who are like higher energies, 
I, my body, my, the way my intuition works is I get like this pressure mirrors, like as if you were like on an airplane or something, but it's like for the whole time and I can like hear the pressure. It's not just like it's there, but it's like vibrating in my ears, almost as if there's like adrenaline in just my ears. Um, and I can feel the energy like moving through my body and, and more energy, I guess. And it was really cool to go there because when they explained to me, the giant explained to me, like, when they have to come here to earth to speak to me or to people, um, it takes a lot of their energy. So that's why they weren't really using a lot of words to communicate. So for me to go to inner earth, they were preserving a lot of their energy and they could share answers better and they spoke more fluently um, or just like with more words. Um, And I wasn't, I was just asking questions and I feel like I could just communicate those questions to them. Like they could just hear whatever questions Nike was asking or I was asking and I could hear their answers. And the energy there was very like, it's hard to describe sometimes, but it did feel like very untouched. Um, Like as if you discover something that people don't know about, you know, like when you go on a vacation and you find like the secret cool like waterfall thing on a hike or something like that. Um, It felt kind of like that. And I feel like there there was a sense of like this being had to invite me here for the other beings to be okay with it. Um, And each being had, like I saw other beings there and like each of them has their own way of how they communicate and things like that. But because it was like part of my ancestry or because I already had contact with this person, it was like, okay, because I had to make it clear when I went, like they made me like agree to terms kind of, that I was just there kind of like just to observe. I wasn't like interacting with anything. I was just there to listen and to make it easier for communication, almost as if I was there, but instead of a bubble. Um, Because I feel like they're like very protective of that space and protecting like their peace and stuff like that and their energy. So that was pretty cool. Um, That kind of helped me to learn how to create portals to move into different energies and dimensions. Um, which is something I talk about in my masterclass that's available on my website, shameless self plug. Um, and something that I'm actually really good at is, like I said, energy manipulation. So portals comes with that, like moving between dimensions. And speaking of that, this will segue into our next story. Um, that has been something that has been coming up more is to embrace that energy. I don't know that I have that specific flavor of magic, right? Everybody has their own magic. And um, I have been trying to tap into that more intentionally because I feel like as a kid, I definitely, like I said, my dreams were super vivid. I was able to tap into more of that stuff as a kid imaginatively. And so now I kind of have these periods where when I'm walking outside and I'll let myself, it feels like I'm going energetically into a liminal space where I'm existing physically on one plane and psychically on another and so the other a couple months ago I was walking my dog in my um in my neighborhood I don't know why I forgot the word neighborhood (laughs) and uh I let myself slip into that space and you I feel like you have to be let me preface this and saying like your energy has to be in a good spot for this like you have to prep your body like be really grounded Um, and I just saw, I was walking with my eyes closed so I could see better what was there energetically. 
and I saw like completely different universe, but that I was able to tap into an existence at the same time as this one that for me specifically, my guides have shared that this is something I need to do more because that's where um, I find more inspiration and information. And that's where I'll be able to find more answers for myself because I have like my, I think it's like my Jupiter placement in my 12th house, which means it's hard for me to see my gifts and my luck and stuff like that. I've heard from astrologers. Um, I'm obviously like botching whatever amazing wording they used. Um, and a way for me to tap into that is to, to be in the spirit or be in the psychic realms so that I can tap into that more. So I've been doing that. And yeah, it was just like, it's going to sound like cheesy, but it was definitely like rainbows, lollipops. Like I was seeing way more colors on the ground. And like, every time I took a step, I could see my energy like emanating off of my feet where I was standing on the ground um, kind of like an after image and there is like different music playing and there is different animals and like it just felt so connected and magical to everything and I will say I, w- I don't I wasn't on any drugs or anything <laughs> I don't really do any of that kind of stuff um, that much and um, yeah it was I, I'm excited ex- to explore that more because I feel like part of me when I was a kid was really open to that. And then I kind of shut off and was like, you need to exist in the logical world based off of, you know, my programming and stuff from my parents. And I know that I do tap into that stuff unknowingly. And so I'm trying to embrace that more and bring that more. And that's sort of what I, if you follow my regular account, what I've been talking about creating more offerings for about the energy work that I do and how I can do that for people um, is to bring people to different dimensions and different spaces energetically. But yeah, um, that was, it was just, it, it made my energy feel so good being in that space. It felt like I belonged there. Um, like I was connected to everything at once. Like all the magic in the world was present and safe in that word, whatever dimension I was in. Um, and then, so I'll talk about when I started doing energy work, I became Reiki certified and then I was doing, um, distance Reiki for people. So that's, they don't need to be like present in front of you physically. Um, energy, it doesn't really follow the bounds of time and space. So you can tap into, you can send Reiki energy to a past thing, which is what I do, with um my inner child healing and stuff we're we're changing the energy of the past um in more than just reiki but in other ways but i was doing that where people would you know pay for a session they would just need to lie down for 45 minutes in their home and then i would do the reiki session from my home connecting to their energy and then i would give them a rundown kind of of what came up and it was really cool because when i became reiki certified and i started doing this I had a really, really intense visuals come through for people where I was tapping into like their generational cycles. I was tapping into the current energy they were feeling in their body, whether it was like physically feeling ill or energetically, like things that like they were holding on to or traumas or things like that, which is one of my gifts. And um, I saw it was the first time I saw that crazy visual while I was doing Reiki, um, because I didn't really experience that when I was learning Reiki, um, because I was starting to let myself, you know, 
try new things and go and find my own way because I don't do just traditional Reiki now. And this was a part of that. And it was cool because I was working with um, the trees in my neighborhood at the time. And they had told me, um, you know, if you want to grow and expand into more stuff, call us in during your Reiki session and we will help you. And I was like, really, you could do that? And they're like, yeah, of course. Um, And so then I had started working with aliens around that time. And I was like, could y'all do this too? And they're like, yeah, we'll show you things. So during this Reiki session, I like unlocked light language, which is freaking wild. Like I was doing it for this client and I saw this generational cycle that was buried. It was this cool visual of like this mountain that was a, that had a waterfall, like a cliff with a waterfall and that um, this generational cycle was like buried in the dirt, in the soil. And I was helping them to tend to it, to have it grow into something new Um, and I'm trying to remember as best as I can, right? (laughs) And because everything comes through, like, if you're psychic or if you see visuals and stuff, like, you're intuitive and you see visuals, they come through, like, full visions, but in a second. And then you're like, wait, 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 I need to process all this. But it's just like, boop. And then you're like, wait, that was a whole freaking, like, five-minute vision that I just saw in one second. So that's how it comes through for me sometimes. So I have to, like, try and process. But when you're actively doing energy work, it's like, now the next thing, now the next thing, now the next thing. Uh, I can, like, process things, like, really quickly. So I um, I did that. And then I was, you know, holding, visualizing myself holding the the seeds to infuse new stuff into them. And then I just started speaking light language. And for some people, light language is, they don't know what they're saying. Um, Some people know what the words mean. Some people know feelings and things like that. And for me, I don't really know exactly what the words mean. But if I ask, I can kind of hear like, I say the word and then I can hear like what it roughly translates into in terms of like the statement or thing, like what the sentiment, what they're saying is. So I kind of, cause I, I just asked that I want to know what I'm saying. Um, and yeah, so I experienced that and I was like, whoa, what the F like, and they were kind of telling me like you, you, your client's energy or soul like needs to hear it in this format. That's kind of what I heard was like, it needs to be said this way to them. And then I started saying light language. Um, and I will say as a disclaimer, I haven't really shared a lot of light language because I've seen different people posting about using light language and having no issue. And some people saying it's like racist or whatever, because it's, uh, sounds like, uh, certain, it sounds like indigenous language or things like that. Um, so I'm still educating myself on it. Um, but I've seen tons of people of color and other people using it. So I'm kind of like, I think if it feels right for me, I'm I'm going to do it, but also still trying to look up more education on that. Um, and I do know that everybody's light language is slightly different. And when I tap in, mine kind of sounds like Hebrewish, which is kind of cool um, because I'm Jewish. So it's like, at least I'm basing it off of things that make sense to me and my culture. I don't know. This is a whole side tangent anyways. Um, but yeah, so I spoke to them and I told them afterwards that I was just prompted in the middle of their session to start speaking to them. And I didn't really know what I was saying at the time, but I was just speaking it and it was really cool. And I think that the trees or whatever, they 
they helped me with that. They helped me to see, um, to unlock these like new skills that I had that I was kind of like on the cusp of, because with regular Reiki, you're just supposed to envision the person's energy in between your hands and like send them source energy, um, healing energy and the energy you can send it to a specific spot, but it's going to go where it needs to go. But for me, because I, I call it like psychic energy work that I do, it's, more about I'm seeing visuals I'm tapping into things I'm understanding more things than just sending the energy like I can sense oh you're having stomach issues like this this energy is like really tight in this like energy center of your body from a past trauma or wound that you're holding on to or this um this thing in your in your body that I'm seeing energetically is associated with a generational wound so I'm helped to remove that or to shift that um, so it's pretty cool. Um, and I started seeing all that stuff and now that's why I have kind of like my own mix of what I've been guided to do by working with different beings. And, um, yeah, so, and then I got to do in-person Reiki with a client and I spoke the light language and they heard it. And afterwards it was really cool because they told me, um, in terms of the light language, they didn't know what I was saying, but they kind of envisioned me as this like large, they envisioned this large figure, like mother-like figure speaking to them um, and to like their soul, I guess. And they, they understood, like, they didn't know what the words were, but they understood what was being said. Like their soul understood what was being said and they heard certain, they, they, I guess, perceived or comprehended certain things based off of what the light language was saying. So that was pretty cool because I had never... Um, at that point in time, I had never done it in front of people and I was kind of shy about it. And then I did it with like a one-on-one client in person and they, it was cool to hear how they received it and their experience of how they, um, what they heard. And it was very similar to like what was actually being said in terms of the point of saying it, but it wasn't exactly the same. So it's very interesting, like what I was hearing this is what I'm generally saying by speaking the light language and what the client felt was what it's to me, it proves like everybody, we experience energy differently and intuition differently. So it was cool to hear what the client actually sensed or heard or felt from the light language was actually different from what I was saying, but um, made more sense to them, which I feel like a lot of psychic stuff, like we relate certain messages and things and then it means something to our sitter right to our client um speaking of psychic readings I have this really cool one that like blows my mind so I did in-person mini readings at this local store here in Burbank called the Mystic Museum and this lady came to get a reading for me and she was talking to me about she found out her like I think it was her great 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 grandma if not farther back was a like the town um gypsy and they're from like a I don't know if it was like Romania or you know a place where gypsies were known and people came to her for healing And she had known that for a while and she never got to meet the grandma or whatever. Um, But she had heard stories about her. And then over time that through her family, they stopped, you know, assimilation or fear, whatever persecution, you know, gypsies were murdered in, in uh, world war two as well. And um, 
they wanted to connect to that lineage and they felt hesitant to because they weren't sure if they were allowed to. And so they asked to they asked me to bring forward this relative who was the gypsy in the town. And um she it was pretty cool because basically I like channeled her for a second. Um because you know the reason why I understand this to be is she was a gypsy, so she knew about magic and how to work with magic. She's not just a regular person who passed over. Um, So she understood more of the energetics of things and how to work with my energy. And that's why I feel like she only channeled for like a second or not a second, but to say what she needed to say and then left. Um, And she didn't, she didn't jump into my whole body. So it was pretty cool. So this person was asking me like, um, you know, is it okay? Is it, is it allowed for me to learn these things or to practice these things? And then what happened was I, I was kind of speaking in a different tone too. And I just said, it's in your blood. And I like tapped on, uh, I think my arm or something showing like the blood in your arm. And, um, then I was like, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to kind of like yell at you about that. And then she was like, no, I've heard this over and over. It's in your blood. Like it's allowed, like it is you regardless or not, you know? And she was like starting to cry. And uh, she was saying like, I've heard this, but I doubted it. And I was like, your, your relative, like, and it was cool for me how I experienced it. it was like the relative that passed on this gypsy woman, she jumped into my throat. It felt like she jumped into just my throat, not my entire body, said what she needed to say, and then left my throat. Because it wasn't in my tone. It wasn't like, I wasn't angry, but it was like, came out really loud and quickly. Like, it's in your blood. I like almost yelled it at her. <laughs> and um, and then I said, like, I'm sorry. Like, I think your like great, great, great grandma like jumped into my throat right now and spoke to tell you this, like, I could feel how fiercely she wanted to just be like, stop worrying about this. It belongs to you. It's in your genetics for a reason. And it was wild because she was like crying. Like, it was very validating for her because all this experience, but it was cool. It was like the only time that I've like channeled like a human person. Um, and I'm a little bit scared to like fully channel some other beings. So it was cool to experience that. Um, and it was just wild to me. The more I thought about it, I started realizing like it was just in my throat. Like it was so cool. I don't know if, <laughs> if you've experienced that, but I definitely recognize that like she knew how to do that kind of energetics and that's how she was able to just like, boom, come in and come right back out. Like this is what needs to be said. And that's going to be enough to like convince my relative, you know, my, my progeny sitting in front of you that it's okay for her to to embrace her culture and her like lineage. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I didn't have like a lot of stuff like that happen. Um, when I was doing the in-person readings at the mystic museum, um, a lot of the people just get general readings or it's like their first time getting a reading. So it's pretty cool. And I connect with people like that and they have like cool, they already understand more about this world, like the spiritual world. Um, and then it looks like just have one more, um, one more story left. So the last story, I think I talked about it a tiny bit on the episode with Ren about working with a demon. So this one I can go into more in depth with, cause I know I didn't for sure share everything on that story. Um, so I was, I was 
it was like hired, but not hired. It was somebody I knew and they asked me to work a, a, like a hex spell or like a justice retribution spell um, for them on their behalf. And I was like, I'm not going to charge you money because this person that they wanted me to direct this spell towards was garbage. <laughs> um, and like, I don't use that term lightly about people. This this person was complete garbage. And they're in the spiritual world. They're very well known in certain circles. They have a lot of power and say, and they abuse people um, and their bodies. Um, and so my friend had found out and they were like, uh, could you do some magic for me, please, around this? Because they didn't really know how to do magic. And I set up this whole spell, um, and it was it was my first time doing something that was um, not that I was afraid of doing like a hex or something, but I knew how much spiritual energy surrounded the the person that I was directing the spell towards, and I knew that it would need to be more than than just like a simple spell. And so I set up this whole tray in my in my uh, like my bathroom is kind of like at that time it was like um. I think it's like European style where it's like the the hallway has like the sink and then the bathroom, like the actual toilet and bath is in a separate room. So it's like kind of like a narrow hallway and I put it there and because I had mirrors in that hallway and I knew that the mirrors could be portals and I put salt around it and everything and I lit a candle and I did all that stuff and I stood next to it a little bit out of the hallway Um, Because I needed more space to move around um, while I was moving the energy around. And I was saying what I needed to say. And it was the first time I saw like a shadow person thing like with my physical eye open out of the corner of my eye. um, Super close to me. Like they were standing right next to me. And I freaked out for a second. And then my intuition was like, you can trust this being. It's not here for bad reasons, but it is like a demon or something like that. Like, that's why you were like kind of scared by them. But it's they're here to help you because they see like the work that you're doing right now and they want to support you in this. And I was like still a little bit scared, but I was like, okay, you can you can stay, I guess. And they kind of told me like to ground myself in the underworld. So they were like, stand in front of your your like tray um in the hall and um like bring the spell they were telling me to like bring the spell into the underworld to root it there so that they can like do more work around that and so I stood in front of it and I had this visual appear in my mind that I was being energetically transported into the underworld in this like elevator like I was not uh, I guess like I had business, so I got to come through the business entrance. I don't know how to describe it, but I I went in this really long elevator. It's it wasn't it didn't look like an actual elevator, but it moved like an elevator. Like I was just slowly moving downwards in this vessel, and um, uh, then when I got there, I got to walk around a little bit, and I was just standing down there, and it felt very comforting and very grounding to me because I'd never grounded um in the underworld before but it felt very homey and like familiar to me and um I continued doing the spell like in that space and then when I was done I I like left it there kind of like tied it to that space in the underworld um and it was just really cool because like I wish I wasn't as scared by all these things when they first happened but I think it's just your natural human reaction you know you need to have more at least for me, I need to have more interactions, but I feel like I could have done more to work with the demon, but I was definitely scared. But it was cool how my intuition was like, no, this this being is here to work with you. They're not bad. 
um, even though they look kind of like scary to you. Um, and yeah, like talking about all this stuff now gets me like really excited to work with them again and to do more stuff like this. So maybe I can share more stories with you. I haven't shared everything, but these are like the ones that came to mind when I was sitting down to write notes. And, um, yeah, it was just really wild. Like all the stories were really wild, but love to hear how y'all are feeling about this, you know, DM me, share on the um, if you listen on Anchor, you can put comments um, on the posts that I make on our Instagram page with, at Witchy and Weird Pod. Um, and if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, that is like really, really helpful. It takes like two minutes. I would really, truly appreciate it if more people did that. Um, or just like reviewing, like posting and on tagging on your social media, saying like everybody listen to this, post like a, one of our reels tagging us is really amazing. Um, you know, word of mouth, recommend it to your friends. And of course, the Patreon, you, you've you probably heard, it's in the beginning of the episode, the new setting for the Patreon and how it's going to be set up. I will start sending the first quarter will be kind of um, the first quarter that I'll send mail for, for patrons who are in the second to fourth tiers. Um, they'll get their special box, their like merch, like personalized box. Um, that's going to, I think in June is when I'll first send it out. Um, I think that's what I was, cause April, May, June. Yeah. So, um, cause I'm a little behind at this point. Um, but you have until June if you want to get your first box. Um, and of course all of it regardless supports us, supports me, the mission, the guests bringing them on the time that I put into all of this. And I'm just really eternally grateful for all of you. And when I say eternally grateful, I mean like the aliens in Toy Story because that's what I always imagine is like that scene like we're eternally grateful. That's like my little inner child's heart that's so grateful um, for everybody here and um, what this podcast is going to to blossom into. So until next time, everyone. Bye. If you love Witchy and Weird podcasts, support us by donating monthly for as little as 99 cents at anchor.fm slash witchyandweird slash support. You can cancel at any time and 100% of the proceeds go directly to the pod. Or if you don't want to commit to a monthly donation, buy Amanda a coffee at ko-fi.com slash witchyandweird to help fuel them while they record, edit, create, and upload content for the podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tell your witchy and weird friends about us too. Bye!